Hello everybody, it's Randy Seltzer here. Once again, thank you for visiting me on my YouTube channel. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, another part of uh, part two of the 16-point plan that the provincial government rolled out last week here in the province of Ontario. And today we're going to talk about uh, the initiative that they're going to start, supposedly, uh, with rent control. Basically, they proposed to expand rent control from its current parameters. To get a little perspective on this, uh, we need to look at an article that came out in the newspapers about a month ago. Uh, someone reported that their rent had been raised by 100%. They were renting in Liberty Village in the West End of Toronto and they were paying $16.50 a month uh, for their rent. The lease uh, ran out after 12 months and they were going month to month and then the landlord proposed an increase of 100% from $16.50 to $3,300 per month. This of course made great headlines, uh, it got out to the newspapers and made some sensational headlines in the Toronto area. I have to say this is a highly unusual uh, circumstance. I've, in my 23 years of selling real estate, I don't think I've ever seen a landlord uh, increase the rent like that uh, for a tenant. Most landlords, uh, when they get a good tenant, they want to keep them. And uh, most landlords are, are very reluctant to raise the rents. If they have a good tenant who pays the rent on time, who uh, takes good care of the place, who's not doing anything illegal in the unit, uh, who's not having wild parties every night. Most landlords want to keep that tenant because good tenants are like gold. And I've even seen it where landlords uh, don't give any increase uh, on the second year because they want to keep the tenant there. Now, I don't know the circumstances. I'm not saying that these particular two people who are renting the apartment were bad people or bad tenants, but it is. Um, all I'm saying is it's a highly unusual circumstance for a landlord to raise the rent by 100%. There is another thing uh, with this particular circumstance which is highly unusual and raised a red flag for me. The landlord in this particular case was a company called Urban Corp, uh, which had recently gone bankrupt. Uh, Urban Corp was a developer. They built a number of condos in Liberty Village and in the King West area. And they recently got into some trouble and they went under, they went into bankruptcy protection. And there are several condos in that area that are unfinished. People have bought condos, they've moved in, but there are things like there's no carpeting in the hallways, there's no the baseboards, some of the facilities are not finished, there's no gym, the pool was never built, and they're stuck because Urban Corp went bankrupt. Well, in this particular case, Urban Corp was the landlord. And again, it's I don't pretend, I don't have no, I have no insider information. It's, it's a red flag for me because here's a company that's going bankrupt, they may have had severe cash flow problems, and maybe somebody at Urban Corp thought they could get away with it by, raising, by doubling the rent like that. So that's something to consider. At any rate, it created some sensational headlines in the Toronto area. The Star ran with it in a number of different news outlets. And uh, it added some fuel to the fire uh, to the general feeling that real estate in the Toronto area is out of control. So last week, Premier Wynne uh, announced the 16-point initiative. And one of the points that she, in that 16 points, was to increase the scope of the current rent control legislation. To give you some background on rent control, what we have in place right now, uh, up till now, was that any buildings that were occupied prior to November the 1st, 1991, were subject to rent control. This is a, a law that was brought in many years ago by a different government. And, but any building that was occupied after November the 1st, 1991, was not subject to rent control. So landlords could raise their rent as they saw fit. What they're proposing to do right now is expand that rent control, take away the deadline, the timeline, and make all apartments subject to rent control. 
Now, this might be, again, this might create some great sound bites or optics in the newspaper for the current government, which is struggling up apparently in the polls. But let's take a look at what they're really doing here. It's one thing to say that they're protecting the rights of tenants, but does that really solve the problem that we have with the real estate rental market here in the Greater Toronto area? Right now, the Greater Toronto area has a 1% vacancy rate. 1%, we're talking about rentals here. Which means that out of every 100 rental units, whether they're condos or apartments or whatever kind of rental property it is, 99 of them out of 100 are occupied. Only one is available to rent. On top of that, we have 100,000 people moving here every year. 100,000 people move to Toronto, the greater Toronto area, every year. And only one apartment in 100 is available to rent. So what is the effect of that? Of course, the rents go up, they go sky high, and you have situations such as bidding wars, which how ridiculous is that? When an investor puts their condo up on the MLS and for rent for $1,800, it could be four or five uh, bids on it, and it ends up renting for $2,000. Um, and that's a ridiculous situation. I've never heard of that anywhere else, but it happens here all the time. It's more and more commonplace all the time. And this goes back to my previous video this is not rocket science, folks. We have an imbalance of supply and demand. There's not enough supply, whether you're talking about houses and condos to buy or condos and apartments to rent, and you have a surging demand. Surging demand, not enough supply. It's not hard to figure out. So why I think that this initiative, this particular plan, and they have given it a name, the Rental Fairness Act of 2017, why I think this is a really wrong, a profoundly wrong thing for the government to be doing is because it does not address the core problem of lack of supply and surging demand. It, it doesn't touch that. It's going for the superficial again. We're going to protect the tenants, but if you, if you take a minute and think about it, they're not going to protect tenants at all. In fact, what they're doing is they're setting up future generations of tenants pay even higher and higher rents. It's the exact worst thing that they could possibly do. What they need to do, Premier Wynne and her cabinet need to sit down and try to figure out, and also at the municipal level as well in Toronto, they need to sit down and figure out how can we increase this supply to meet the surging demand. That's what they really should be doing. How do we increase the supply so that builders who have only just recently come back to the, to the table and started building purpose-built rentals how do we make it more attractive for them to build more purpose-built rentals so that they will build hundreds of high-rise uh, buildings across Toronto, the Toronto area, to again increase that supply? Or how do we make it more attractive for an individual investor? Many of these folks who buy condos to rent out, that's their life savings they put into that condo and they're providing a valuable supply and a valuable service to the city because if it wasn't for the individual condo owners renting out their units to tenants, we would be in a world of trouble because there would be nowhere for all these 100,000 people a year uh, to live. But no, so what she's doing is she's trying to cap it and what they're going to say is that landlords will only be able to raise the rent if a, if a tenant decides to stay past the initial lease term. They'll only be able to raise the rent by, I think it's 2.5%. Well, that's not the greatest idea because as any condo owner can tell you, uh, there are increases in the maintenance fees. There are increases in the taxes that come every year that they have to cover. And most, uh, it's a myth. Most people think that, that condo owners renting out their condos are getting rich off the rent. They're not. Most condo investors will tell you that they're lucky if they can get a good tenant in there where they make a few dollars extra per month to, to cover their costs and maybe a little bit extra. 
What they're really investing in is the long term when there's a capital gain and hopefully down the road they can sell that condo for a profit. But the rent alone, they're lucky to break even in many cases because of the high costs of maintenance fees and taxes and most of those properties have a mortgage on them as well. So this is the exact wrong thing to be doing right now. When you have a shortage of supply, you want to make incentives for people to increase the supply, whether it's a developer or an investor buying a condo. You don't want to make it less attractive. That's the last thing you want to do because then, guess what? The builders will not build and the investors will not invest and then you've got a world of trouble because there's nowhere for anyone to live. And uh, I'm not going to go through all 16 points of her plan, but this is probably the most boneheaded decision of all of them. Because this goes, it's at exact cross purposes of what they should be doing. It's the exact profoundly wrong thing to be doing right now. They need to sit down and find ways to make it more attractive for builders to build rental apartments and make it more attractive for investors to invest in condos so that they can rent them out. Anyways, that's the way I see it. I'm Randy Seltzer. Uh, if you're on YouTube, I'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe to my channel. Just click the red button. And no matter where you are, if you're on social media somewhere, I welcome your comments. Thanks again for watching. Have a great day. Bye-bye now.